Welcome. PC here, podcasting to you from the beautiful central coast of California. Today is a special day indeed, people. This is PC's first podcast and uh, one of many, I hope. Primarily, my podcast is about one thing, and that is telling stories. I've always been fascinated with stories, especially, uh, you know, how they've evolved over time and changed. I especially love folklore, tales of knights and fairies, heroines and heroes, dragons and their slayers, magic, and tales of other worlds. I want to hear yours. If you have a story to tell, don't be afraid. Call in at 805-996-0727. That's 805-996-0727. Or if you want to get fancy people, that's 805 805- 9960 PCP. That's 9960 PCP. You know, the stories also don't have to be fiction. You know, I want to hear from uh, real people, their stories. You know, what kind of wisdom can you lend the audience? And that actually kind of leads me into my next segment. Uh, I'm going to take a call from a listener, and uh, she's got a story to tell. So let's go ahead and listen up. Call from Sonia's land. To accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press 2. I understand uh, you're calling about a uh, story you want to tell the audience. Well, I guess just a life experience, a story, maybe something entertaining yeah. or heartbreaking. I don't know. Depends on how you take it. So, so it's multifaceted. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. It could be. We're going to suck the day's dick, basically. Basically. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Well, how have you... You know, life isn't always how you expect, right? Right, exactly. You can't can't really control it. You can't... uh, I don't know what the fucking word is. You can't predict it. There you go. No, that's for sure. Yeah. What what do you have to tell the audience? Please bring us into your life. Bring us what what do you have to say? <laughs> I guess I was just thinking today, you know, here I am, 43, and I have some life experience, I suppose. My life hasn't gone exactly how I thought it would go. Yeah. When I was a child, I just wanted to travel the world and not have any kids and no responsibilities and make a million dollars, you know, whatever. <laughs> I didn't want to play with all the dolls and have kids. I wanted to just be this businesswoman that traveled the world. But, you know, life, I had kids. <laughs> Things happen. How many kids do you have? I have three boys. They're uh, 15, 16, and 23. That sounds like a handful. Uh, life, uh, yeah, it goes by fast, you know, sometimes I look self, I mean, I got carded the other day getting alcohol with my son they didn't card him, they carded me, his mother, who's with him it was weird, it was like, wow you know, so some things <laughs> I think are ironic and I just look at my life and kind of chuckle sometimes, but I guess the story I was going to tell today is you know, I've always really worked hard, um you know, for a living. I think I started working when I was 12 for a doctor filing papers. I mean, I worked at an unusually early age. I always had a good work ethic. I think because I came from a family that had a, a family owned business, we owned 
Tractor. I don't know if you've ever heard of that company, but my dad was one of the founders. So I worked as a child answering phones and, you know, taking messages and things. So um, to find myself in a spot um, after I had one of my children in a spot with a man where I had just gotten with him and gotten pregnant, where we became homeless. And it was a really um, kind of bizarre situation that I think as as an American, when we hear somebody becoming homeless, we go, well, how did they get there? You know, and I'm one of those people that got there and never thought I would ever get to that, you know, place in my life. And, and I mean, now I've come from that and I'm not homeless, but looking back on it now that I'm kind of reflecting on, you know, 2017 and what's been, what my goals are and what's happened in my life in the past and kind of made me think about where I've come from and, at some point, I guess you got to pat yourself on the back and say, yeah, you've come from homelessness <laughs> with children, <laughs> you know. So I just kind of wanted to share that. I came from a highly religious family that basically said if you could not, you know, they're Jehovah's Witnesses. My dad's a leader. If I cannot be one of them, I'm ostracized, kicked out, dead to the world. Um, my and my given my whole life, my dad said you can only associate with us that are witnesses. So kind of cult-like environment, if you can imagine. So when I did decide at like 18 years old to say, you know, fuck you all, I'm leaving. I've never believed in this. I had nobody. So a part of that was when I would work in a town with all Jehovah's Witnesses I knew. No one wanted to look at me. They'd look the other way. You know, I was like, you know, a server. No one wanted me to, uh, you know, serve them at a restaurant. It was just ridiculous. So at some point I decided I'm leaving this town. So I came up to, you know, the central coast. That's where I live. And I decided to kind of start all over. Well, when I came up here, I met a man who had, uh, two kids or three kids. And I had one kid that I had had, um, after I left the religion, I got pregnant and, um, had a boy with a man who didn't really want to have kids, but I decided I wanted a kid. So it's kind of a single mom bringing my child up to the central coast to start a new life. That was my journey. And I was 21. I was young. Oh, so damn. at that point, I met somebody up here who had three kids who wanted to have a wife and, you know, we wanted to start a family together. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a kid right away. So three plus two <laughs> right away after one year, I had another one. So we found ourselves with six kids immediately. Yeah. I mean, within a few years of being with each other. Yeah. That's, uh, and so at it's, I mean, it was fast, right? And with no family, that was very, very hard to just kind of jump cold feet into that. Well, and as and I said earlier, coming from someone that didn't really want kids, it was bizarre. <laughs> well, even then, I mean, I mean, I saw a report like way earlier, a couple of years ago. I mean, it cost 200, they say $216,000 to raise one child. And I don't even think that includes yeah, like hospital cost to have the I was kid. just going to say what does that cover I right. think I think right. that's just like total like groceries education blah 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 blah. it's like actual living expenses I don't even think that has to do with any like to have the kid yeah so I don't know it's it's nuts and, and, and you know and I'm 
I had, well, I had six I was raising, you know, uh, his three children came over on a regular basis. Their mom worked full time. And so we would watch them all day. Then they would be there every weekend from like Friday to Monday. So we definitely had a full house Mm -hmm. and I chose to have my children at home. Mm-hmm. So I, um, all three of them, I had at home with the midwife. So I didn't have the cost, you know, of, I guess in that figure you, you gave, it probably includes having the hospital birth. I don't know, insurance, not insurance. Mm-hmm. We had them at home. I mean, I think with my last one, we went to a class and we ordered a birth kit over the mail, which was $200. So to have him was $200. <laughs> no, I'm curious. <laughs> was it, Did you, know? you do like a bathtub birth? Um, no, I mean, I kind of, one of the things about me is I, in, in birth, I really want to move around a lot in a hospital. They don't allow you that freedom to just get up and go, I need to walk down the hall all the time. Mm. You have to be like approved. And, mm. and so I was like outside, inside in the bathtub, in my bed, I had a water bed. And I ultimately had two of my kids in a birthing chair, like a 1920s birthing chair that I had oh, gotten shit. from the antique so, place. I mean, you, yeah, it's pretty cool. you're straight up doing shit like fucking 19. What the fuck? That's nuts. I've, well, I, mean, I don't think I've ever met well, anybody. Women have had babies that. that that way for years. No, so. I know. And think about it. The fact that I'm saying that it's nuts is absolutely ridiculous. No, I totally agree with you. It's just I've never met somebody. I don't think uh, that's at least publicly like been public about it, right? Or I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, like, I'm, it's well, so no, weird. I mean. I went to the, <laughs> that's funny you say that, because I went to the health department because I was like, well, where do I get my birth certificate? Every woman gets it at the hospital. Okay, well, I had mine at home. It wasn't like some accident. I had them at home planned. I go to the uh, health department and say, hey, I need a birth certificate. They're like, well, well, didn't you have a doctor? I go, well, no, I had I just had him at home. Well, who cut the cord? Oh, my son. Oh, How my old God. Is he? 16. They're like, what the heck? Because in the state of California, whoever cuts the cord is the doctor. And my 16-year-old boy oh <laughs> cut the cord on one of my kids. So it's kind of <laughs> interesting. But, it, you know, they had to, like, go back and get, like, well, what's the rules and get the authorities and what the hell, you know? So it's oh kind of funny. I'm surprised they didn't. You know, I, I, I suppose I'm primitive. I don't know. No, I'm I surprised they didn't. more relaxed at home. Uh, you know what? If this this happened now, I bet you they would have uh, tried to charge you with like negligence or child abuse. No, I swear to no. God. We still have free- no, we we still have freedom as mothers to have our babies where we want in See, California. I mean, I don't know how every state is, but right. we do here. Yeah, I don't know about every yeah. state either. California's yeah, a little bit different. We're pretty much the mother. A little more lenient. You know. Yeah, like, and yeah. and you know, I think that because. Um, <laughs> For me, I went to a, a birth after I had had three babies at home. I went to a birth at a hospital here locally. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend had a relationship with a doctor for, what, nine months. That doctor was on vacation when she gave birth. There was some random person that walked in. I was like her little you know, buddy, her little coach while she was having her baby. There was nurses every 20 minutes checking something. They were coming in like crazy. There was people going down the hall in the wrong room looking in. 
it was not private. I was like, oh my God, how could you birth a child in this? Mm -hmm. And there's some stranger coming and birthing the child. At the very end, it was some nurse that helped her. When she said, do I want to get up? They said, no. I go, oh my God, I could never be in this hospital. And every floor in the hospital is sick or dying of some disease. Why would I bring my baby in here? Yeah, that, the same vent that is, that is you know, fucking true. I felt true. so weird about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, that is a great point that you just brought up. The fact I that think we should promote home birth. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to be the first one. I haven't heard anybody promote that. Like even I got some feminists on my Facebook and I have never heard anybody. I don't think in, cause I'm always on the feminists. I just think it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. No offense. Just because well, I'm a Seneca a asshole. Thing, though. What? But oh, listen. Birth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. PC, you have to keep in mind, what are the risks? And every person I talk well, to says, oh my God, what are the risks? Well, well, you should maybe get checked out. Is this your first birth? You know, how, what's your family history? Right. You know, all those things. You should have I'm a big exams. girl with big hips that pushed a baby out in, you know, hours. So girl loves those for me, hips too. And, well, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it, does, it depends. I wouldn't want somebody who's having, you know, a history of breach chubbers to say, yeah, I'm going to try to push one out of right. home by this And house. actually, my cousin actually time. was, uh, he wasn't breech birth, but he was uh, umbilical cord around his neck. Mm -hmm. And so, one of mine had that, you yeah. know, and we were trained. We went to an emergency class on how to take that off of his neck. So mm -hmm. my, you know, I... Of my three births, the last one we were alone, that was because I knew how my body already reacted to birth. I already felt confident. I felt like, you know, my body was kind of in auto drive at that point going, oh, yeah, we've done this before. Or autopilot, you know, like we've done this before. We know what to do. Your first mm -hmm. birth, you have no idea as right. a woman how it's going to go. Adrenaline so, kicks Anyways, in. that's kind of, yeah, off on tangent. But, yeah, that's my opinion on home birth if you all wanted it. No, okay. So, so you got you got six kids. You're all birthing them at home. You basically your kid is basically not a citizen of the United States because you don't have a birth certificate for him. Um, I did. They gave me one. No, I know. I know. I'm being facetious there, but um, and so go ahead. Three and of his, one of mine right. together. But in in all that. We my husband owned his own business. I was a bartender, mm. server, but I was home with two kids in a row at the end there, nursing, you know, taking care of six children during the day, so I didn't work. Well, mm. he owned his own business. In, uh, he was a janitor that cleaned several businesses, car dealerships, restaurants, what, you know, bars, all kinds of things. So he would leave at, you know, midnight and start his night and be home at like, you know, seven, eight in the morning. Well, he got a hernia that got very bad. He ignored it. Those are bitches. And of course, and, and of course he's a man. So of course he ignored it. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And not only did the hernia get bad, it, I, I don't know the terms for all this, but it dropped down into his oh, ball oh, and yeah. he couldn't even like lift a trash can or anything. Oh. But when that, this all came down at that point, I had had my youngest one who was two months old. Um, and I had just had the last two within one year. So I was nursing two children and watching six children. And so at that point, we decided that I would go with him to all of his accounts. 
to help him lift things while I brought the children and kept them asleep and with me in strollers and, you know, over car dealerships, I'd be pushing him and helping him with the mop. And we had no insurance at this time in America. Insurance sucked, you know, and as a small business owner, there was not many options. We kind of just kind of did things. We didn't always run to the doctor. We didn't, you know, obviously I had kids at home. I didn't really need insurance, but now my husband was doubled over in pain. Right. So we had to meet with doctors and say, hey, what cash price can you give us? We had to negotiate before he went into surgery. Wow. We negotiated wow. with our landlord as well. We told our landlord, we've been here for a few years. What can we do as far as rent? Can we break this up? Can we figure this out? He said, oh my God, you guys are awesome. I love you guys here. I will work with you guys no matter what. We didn't get any of it in writing as we were a home in an industrial area with a landlord on our property every day. We mm-hmm. felt that was a good agreement. Well, while my husband was in surgery, I think he was two days out of recovery back at home. It was a hernia surgery that kind of just sends you back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the landlord ended up having a major stroke. No, fuck. That left him where he couldn't talk. Well, he owned a bunch of properties. His kids came. His kids came so fucking fast. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His kids came from other states and took over his whole business and said to us, the renters, you haven't paid rent this month. I said, well, we made arrangements to not pay rent. He said, well, I don't have anything for my dad in writing. He can't talk. You know, I'm taking over from my mom. She needs the money. You guys are evicted. (laughs) And he put a three-day pay or quit on our door. And we're like, oh my God. That's right. We actually could have bought it. Mm -hmm. But I think it pissed my husband off so much that that had happened that he said, Fuck them. We're moving. Right, right. I don't know why he made that decision, but we lived next door to a storage unit. It was a door and a half away. <clears throat> we moved our entire house to a storage unit. I can still remember a child in a backpack on my back oh and a child God. in a front pack pushing a washer and dryer. Because remember, my husband just had hernia surgery. Right, right. Pushing a washer and dryer on a dolly two doors down through an industrial area crying, putting it in the storage unit. We rented four storage units for our house (laughs) and bought a three-bedroom tent and moved out 20 miles to a lake, Lake Lopez, out in the Central Coast, Mm -hmm. and rented a spot for one month. That was our plan. I'll be honest with you. Your your ex-husband is a man after my own... (sighs) That's exactly what I would fucking he said, do. Fuck everyone. Yeah, that's exactly what I would. That's what he said. Honestly. Honestly, if and, I had if I had children, I wouldn't have done it. But yeah, if I would, if that would happen well, now, yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> right. And that that was the hard part. Not only do we have children, PC, we had a <laughs> we had a pit bull that was awesome that everybody oh. was scared of, but our family loved. And you know, our two kids were still you know, nursing and in diapers. There right. was that. And we had a car breaking down at the time. My husband needing to get into a town 20 miles away in the middle of the night, leaving a family of six in a, you know, well, well, actually, my stepchildren at the time, the mom said, you know, you better bring the kids out to the campsites. That only ended up being like the weekends they would be able to come out and have fun, like vacation with dad. But during the week, it was just me 
and my three kids, two babies and mm-hmm. a young, you know, 10, 11 year old and the dog. And so my husband would be gone all night long while we were there. I mean, I kind of was thankful I had the dog, but that dog ended up preventing us from kind of getting into a place. We tried and tried and tried to get into several properties, but somebody who has their own business, who doesn't really have proof of, you know, they only have their books to show in their bank statements. They don't have like, yeah, I have a contract with a business. You know, that doesn't, that's not very promising to like a rental company or, you know, a landlord. Mm -hmm. Then you have, a pit, a pit bull who is not covered, I found out, on any California rental Insurance. uh, insurances. You can't have, yeah, you, you can't have a pit bull or a Doberman or, you know, any dog that's aggressive. Wow. And, I, I actually um, didn't know that. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was part of our problem. And we didn't know, but the guy, the son, actually went to the courthouse and filed what's called eviction notice served. That doesn't mean you were evicted because we actually got out in three days. Uh Eviction notice served was enough that when everyone ran our credit, they said, you've had an eviction notice served. Damn. And no one would rent to us. That's fucked up. It was fucked up. Yeah, especially. So this was in the summer. (sighs) It's awesome to do it in the summer, but try the winter. When it's raining. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we decided to buy a motorhome as we went into the winter months. One of the grocery stores was on strike and some lady was desperate. We got an awesome motorhome that needed a little bit of work, but it ran. Then we had our two cars, six kids, one dog, and a motorhome to drive. So every time we would change locations to campgrounds, we would have to bring the entire troop, whether it was several trips to move everybody. And our kids all went to school. So we had to make sure we were always in San Luis Obispo every morning at 730. Well, you definitely so got very, to know the land. Difficult. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and a and, lot of foreigners that came here. A lot of, you know, we, yeah, right. it was great in right. some ways. Right. And, uh, and for anybody who's not, familiar with San Luis Obispo or San Luis Obispo County. They're very anti-homeless, but that's probably the reason why there's actually relatively not that many homeless people in this area. Compared well, you think that. So well, when this happened, now compared, my kids are now, you know, well, no, but we could, we did have spots that we could park. Hmm. Oh, compared to other towns. Compared You're to right. other places, for sure. I, I guarantee right. the numbers. Um, it's just because it's this is an on, in enclave. Like, nobody comes down to this area. It's, first of all, even the Native Americans, when they, the Chumash, and when they all inherited this land, this place was a desert. This place is not really inhabitable, <laughs> you know? And so it's, no. it's, it's interesting that, you know, it's kind of stayed that way. Mhm. Mhm. That's true. I mean, it's by inflatable but prices. But I think you know. Point, what it, hey, I have to tell you, this is this is great. It's just because you said that, that's just so funny. I had this one moment where my husband had to leave in the morning, and we were at a campsite that we had to be out of by like seven in the morning. I can't remember what the checkout time was like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, I got to go clean my account, so you're going to have to bring the motor home and all the kids." You know, when they're asleep, pretty much bring the motor home into slow. So I had moved it at like five in the morning to this area that's like another industrial area, kind of Tank Farm Road, if anybody knows the area. 
I parked it over there. I always see homeless people over there parking and sleeping overnight. You know, so I parked it over there, and uh, all the kids fell asleep. Man, I drove it like twenty miles on the freeway, and everybody. I kept looking back, and everybody was just asleep in the back, not even caring that it was like the whole house was moving in the middle of the night. You know, and I park everybody. I get back in bed, you know, for like an hour and get another, you know, hour of rest. I come out about seven in the morning and I start the motor home up because it was, you know, an industrial area where work people start showing up and start needing new spots. I want to move out and go somewhere else. You know, I'm going to go to the next campsite or find my husband and see where we're going. Sometimes it was like, where are we going? I have no idea where our next spot is. And, you know, it's a popular town. So sometimes you're going, hey, is this campsite booked or can we get in? Or, you know, it depends on the month, you know, how much time we can stay. There's so many factors that go, that go into it. And then do we need to dump our poop tanks? Do we need to get gas? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think homeless would be cheaper. It's expensive, right? So I, I go to start up the motorhome and there's this lady, she comes out, I, I kind of want to laugh and cry at the same time. She comes out in her heels and her whole professional outfit. And, and I've had executive jobs that I've dressed just like this woman. Okay. She comes out, she treats me like I'm some heroin addict mom that has lost my entire family because I'm on drugs or something. Mm-hmm. She knocks on my window, bam, 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 bam. Get your fucking homeless ass out of here. I hate you people. Look at you parking here. You trash our whole town. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, who are you? Do you know my story? I mean, it made me want to just cry and look at her and go, are you kidding me? You know? And I rolled my window down and I said, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I just started my mother home and I, I told her, I said, I'm getting my kids to school. I won't be parked here for the day. I'm so sorry I offended you. And she said, you fucking bitch, get a life. And she walked away and I thought, oh my God. What a, <laughs> what a fucking cunt. I have a life. I know that I'm like holding on to by a thread. And that made, did not make it any better. I mean, it was so bad for me. But that moment made me really wake up in some ways and go... How can I get us out of this? I think I was relying on my husband a lot to get us out of this mess. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'll well, take the kids. You got I'll three kids hanging off your titty. Of course you're relying on them to some point, but, you know, that's that's not, you know, that's hearsay. Go ahead. But, Sorry. But, but can I do more? Can I do more? So one of the campgrounds that we would go frequent, they would let us stay for like a month. It was a good deal. We could have electric, non-electric. There's different you know, options. They didn't care about our dogs. Some campsites would say no dog right, the or, or no dog like that. Right, yeah. The yeah. pitbull thing. So we ended up getting, well, we actually later we got someone to take the pitbull that we knew really good that who still has the pitbull that we still get to go visit, which is cool. Oh, but we awesome. had to ditch the dog eventually to get a place. Yeah. But I ended up camping at a place across from a college. If anybody knows the area, Cuesta College. And we were at El Toro Park for a month. And I literally walked across the crosswalk. You wonder why there's a crosswalk there. Who would ever cross that major freeway? Me. Your homeless ass. And I went and applied for college. And I was, you know, 30 years old at this time. We had been two, you know, I was home with three and a half years, PC. That's so fucking so long. So two years into it. 
Fuck. I know. You'd think I, I, I kept going. I can't believe we're doing another Christmas home. It's like, oh, you're kidding me right now. And so, so this started so in your 26 next, and a half, basically. 27. 27. 27 okay. to 30. Okay. Yeah, 27 to 30 and a half. But, um, Whenever I went across the street and I talked to just some counselor, I stood in the line, I was shaking. I mean, I was like the oldest person there. There's so many weird things about it. And coming from a Jehovah's Witness background, my parents never encouraged college. In fact, they pulled me out of school at ninth grade, which was a junior high at that time. Never stepped foot into a high school. Had to go get my GED later. There was no promotion for I mean, no one ever said go to school, right? So here I am, an adult, homeless kid go across the street, apply. They tell me, oh, you're the first in your generation to come. We'll pay for everything. We'll put your kids in preschool. We'll teach them. You can take full credit. We'll pay you. We'll give you books. We'll give you gas. I was like, are you kidding me? Why the fuck didn't I do this three years ago? I qualify. I know that I qualified for. I ended up going there only like a year and a half. The ending of my homelessness, the Mm -hmm. whole ending of it. And I got a certificate in accounting. I got several classes under my belt that weren't just certificate worthy, but helped me in life. You know, I got a child. um, It was like called child and marriage. I took a class on um, study skills, you know, things that kind of helped me. Accounting, you know, that I think, yeah, I think what you're, uh, what I don't think you're given enough credit to in your, your life is the decision that you went with accounting because accounting is an ageless skill. It's been around since fucking forever like literally the Sumerians and that's true like it's it's crazy that enough or a lot of people aren't and it's so I'm sorry it's it's not that difficult I mean I think the United States government makes it difficult but um with taxes and all that bullshit but you know it's it's well gosh we've evolved i mean they used to have huge rolls of like big you know paper where they would you know Mm -hmm. their journals now we got computers i mean we've evolved so much yeah yeah and i think that was probably the best choice you could have made was do something practical like that Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your story. Sorry. Well, no, I just, I, that's interesting that you say that because I had a counselor just kind of talk to me and, and hear everything about me and kind of what, what is your passion and thing. And she kind of helped me choose accounting. So, which (laughs) I've used a few times in my life. I've used for maybe two jobs, but I'm, I'm proud that I have that. And I think it's really helped me in, in other jobs that maybe doesn't, that don't require the certificate, you know, right. well, half the but time, it definitely helped me. Half the time is just the, the word accounting. Like just, it, just saying that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. the fact that it is like, you know, the reality of it, you know, that you've, you've done it. Like they think you're good with numbers basically. People will take yeah. somebody who's good yeah. with numbers. <laughs> but you can say you're good with numbers and not know any of the modern ways to record numbers, like the different programs, and that means you're useless. Right. You do accountant. have to know that. You do know have to know. I, I applied for an accounting job, and I know all the programs for accounting, and I went mm. for a test, and they tested me on the old school bankroll thing. Mm. I'm like, oh, and, and what year is this? What? This year. Last year, really? Right, right before I got my last job, I went and applied for an accounting job, and they said we want to know if you know the old school way. I was like, I've never applied for a bunch of accounting jobs. Like that was weird. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So, but but okay, back to the homelessness. So I got the um, 
the you know college thing. Of course, I'm sure you and your audience know this would cause strain on a marriage. It definitely caused strain. There was times where I'd be like, you're the man, get us out of this situation. How can we be in this for three and a half years, you know? And we ended up getting into a house at the three-year mark, and we were in it for two months. Oh, my God. And the owner died. (laughs) And it went into a probate, and they had to kick us out for the probate. (laughs) So you're probably just the unluckiest person alive. I'm not even kidding. We, I, I remember moving everything back into the motorhome saying, this is not happening. I can't believe this is happening. And that last, you know, that was a three-year mark. I said it was almost three and a half. That last six months was the doom of our marriage. And I decided to look into other options of leaving my husband and separating the family. So... My, at that time, my grandma was passing away in the, the town I was raised in back in, you know, Southern California. And I decided to go move and take care of my grandma and a friend who needed someone to take care of her farm. So I moved my three children away five, six hours to a farm and took care of my dying grandma. We literally plucked us from a horrible situation into a completely bizarre situation. We had, I was, uh, <laughs> and just for it the record, awesome. for the record, your, your grandmother is Jehovah's witness. She's Jehovah's witness. Okay. Who I think we never had a relationship because I left, you know, and she, Oh, Oh, I should say she was from New York and moved to the coast. So I had never had a relationship with her. And especially as now leaving That's interesting. the religion That's interesting. that she loved. Yeah. Did she reach so, out to you? Who, who read, who reached I, out to no, you? This, I reached out to her because I wanted them to know that I was still family. I heard she was sick. I reached out to her. Okay. She said, do you need help? She said, Oh my gosh, none of my other grandkids have asked me this. Mm-hmm. We had about nine months of beautiful time together where I think she tried to convince me to be a witness and I kept convincing her of why there's no way I could be a witness. Mm-hmm. And I think I put a little light bulb in her head, even the day she died and, and all the witnesses believe to dust you are to dust you return, mm-hmm. that you're nothing. Right, right. I told her there's hope still. I told her she can let go. I told her I don't know where she goes. It's a mystery. Who cares? You know, let yourself go if you're in pain. I was so different than everyone else in the family. We both shed light on our relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I really enjoyed my time with her. I never would have had that had I not left my husband in the homeless situation and (laughs) in this new situation. You know, and I really treasure that. And I was there for a year, came back to the Central Coast with my kids because I mean really I wanted to promote the relationship with their dad and never got back with him but um, I think that was the distance that we needed he continued to be homeless I might mention three more years mm-hmm. thank god I was not in that situation I got a good job I took care of myself I've been a single mom now I have an awesome man um, we still see my ex all the time invite him over for dinner you know we have a good relationship as a blended family I'm thankful for but that's a tough time you know and I think a lot of people don't think of you know when Amer- when an American goes down something like a homelessness path I think we tend to judge a little bit more that they've had some situation that's got them there that's their own fault but sometimes it's not you know 
It's sad, but true. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a couple of questions, okay? How has homelessness affected your life, for better or for worse? Made me more compassionate, a better human, I think. Mm. I try to be non-judgmental and appreciate the day that I'm in. No, yeah, I think the living in the now is the biggest one, though, PC, is because if if you look in your past, I'm talking to all of you about my past now, Mm -hmm. I don't think about that all the time. Right. I think I've grown from that, and I don't look backwards. You know, living today and appreciating this. Right. Yeah, no, totally. And I actually... I think I have to tell your viewers that I work across the street from the house I had three or two of my kids in and got evicted from. Mm-hmm. How ironic life is all these years later, which it's been now, what, 10, 15 years later, uh, 23, 13 years later, mm-hmm. how I am now at a job where every day I still view that house. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. I sat in my car the other day and remembered me pushing that washer and dryer on a little dolly across the street and going, man, that's crazy. You know, that where I am now. No, yeah, totally. I would, I would, I'm, sur- I'm surprised it doesn't give you a little trigger every time. God, those damn oh, liberals. I mean, I think sometimes. Sorry. Um, it's not, I think I smile, though. I don't cry. This is one term that I learned uh, probably not young enough, I don't think. I think I learned it uh, probably at the age of 15 and a half, 16, but carpe diem. You know, seize the day. You know, I know it's so seize fucking cliche, but, you know, you don't appreciate exactly what you have. You have to live in that moment. And if you're not living in that moment, sometimes uh, it's it's deadly. Yeah, you kind of drown in your own depression over mm-hmm. not living in the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, since I've moved to this the Central Coast, I've definitely made it a point, like no matter how stressed out I get, um, how <laughs> super crazy I get, you know, I try to just look out at the sunset or the landscape and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just breathe in and breathe out, you know, it's definitely better than the yeah, place so I Yeah, so thankful we have that. Yeah, it's absolutely. true. Yeah, I mean, in it's some just of those so, areas we don't. No, it's so beautiful, and we shouldn't. I'm probably going to bleep the Central Coast out. I'm going to bleep out every like aspect of where we're actually at. But um, I may do that. Oh, shoot. I yeah. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Um, I may not do that. Ooh, there's well, a we could always do this again. Oh yeah, for sure. And actually, I have uh, um, a couple more questions if you have time. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. What do you want to say to all those who may be in uh, a position of homelessness at this point? I think, well, I'm going to say don't be afraid of it because if you're opening that door, there might be a reason for it. Don't do nothing. But if you really feel like this is your ultimate, you know, at the point where my husband said we're going to be going into a tent, I don't think I ever thought the word homelessness necessarily mm-hmm. i kind of thought of vacation right. there's the beauty of no phone ringing no one knocking at your door oh, you're there's just so optimistic awesome about it no you're just so optimistic yeah. no i know i'm just an you asshole have to too do that way no yeah you do no, especially as a, mother. a little bit 
Especially as a mother with, you know, oh, right. exactly. No. And definitely I but think, I, but, but, but I, but I do want to stress that there are resources that I don't think that there, that I knew that there, you know, as I said about the school, did I know that the first, you know, month? No. Mm-hmm. Had I known that our whole thing may have been different. So right. I guess I would say to somebody to look into those resources because when, and if you are homeless, you have a lot more resources available. I had no idea. Right. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up some of those resources uh, and I'm going to post them on our website. So if uh, anybody's listening out there, which who knows, I don't know what audience I have yet. So it's going to be at uh, www.pcpodcasting.com. Got that domain, bitches. All right, Sonia. Uh, any last cool. words for the audience, the clones, uh, the Frankenstein's out there, the smoking Halloween potheads? What's up? I'm gonna- I would say smoke more pot, man. <laughs> All right, Sonia's land. I really appreciate your time. Uh, Godspeed, and uh, I hope all the best for your friends, family, and loved ones, okay? Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Good night, PC. Yep. Nice. That's it for today, people. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the website, pcpodcasting.com. That's pcpodcasting.com. Or find me on Twitter at pcpodcasts. Uh, all the relevant links can be found on the Twitter page. Uh, we also have a phone line, 805-996-0727. That's 805-996-0727. Uh, or 805-9960-PCP. You know, we want to hear your stories, people. Don't be shy. Give us a call. I'll uh, take a prank call at this point. Uh, Good night, America. PC, sounding off.